Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. Hello, can I hear a hello from the people in this room and the people online? Wow. What, what excitement. Well, I'm Melissa Blackwood, and um, to clarify what a shotgun message is, if you're like, where's the guns? This is sweet. I love church. Where it's, it's just people being the bullets into your heart. I don't know. Um, but there's going to be three speakers, myself, uh, Joy Hornbacher, and then Jeremy's going to end us off. And we're all just going to share a message with you. For, and we only have eight minutes. So that's fun. And... Um, <laughs> It's difficult, but don't start my time yet, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> That's what makes me the most nervous. Talking for eight minutes. Okay, Melissa, focus. So three people are talking. I'm going to start, and then there's going to be a timer behind me, so you'll know if I'm running out of time, and they'll kick me off, so it's fine. Okay, cool. I'm going to start my message now. Ready? Oh, Mike and Monica are gone. To, they're going to Tofino. That's what I was supposed to say. I'm pregnant. I can't really think fully. Okay, okay. It is a wild ride being pregnant. You guys, I have nine seconds till my message. But seriously, I have to write out word for word or mama's getting lost. Do you know what I'm saying? My mama's, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, here we go. I'm starting. So, I don't know what isolation and COVID time did to you. But for me, um, I, I learned that I have issues. And you might be thinking, oh, wow, it took COVID for you to realize that, Melissa. That's really sad. Okay, Karens, you Karens. I, I knew I had issues, but it was COVID that actually these issues became very, very apparent. Okay, I, you know, I didn't have my usual emergency exit strategies. You know what I mean? Like shopping or people or church. I didn't have those things to go to. So I was like, I got to deal with some things, don't I? My friend has a great analogy. She has a lake analogy. And she says that our lives are like a lake, okay? And everybody's lake has stuff in it, right? Like somebody might have like garbage in their lake. Somebody's got oil spills. Somebody's got like dead bodies. I don't know, but like everybody's got stuff, right? We all have stuff in our lake. And and it doesn't always come to the surface right away. It could live there for a really long time on the bottom. And then it just like comes to the surface. And I feel like, you know, with these past few months, without my usual distractions, the Lord has graciously brought things to the surface, being like, honey, this has lived in you for a long time, and we're going to deal with it now. Right? You know? And I feel like I'm not alone in this. I mean, church alone, I think it's really shown us our faith. It's like, where are we at in our faith when we have to do it on our own and we can't meet together weekly? right? Or even our relationships. If you all of a sudden are stuck with your spouse and your children 24-7, the problems that once were dealable, doable, are not anymore. You're like, okay, we got to deal with this, right? Or your, or your mind, you realize when you don't, if you didn't go to work and you're stuck with your mind, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I definitely struggle with this area, right? And so I, for myself, I was getting sick and tired of dealing with the same things over and over, right? It's just like so frustrating. And in my mind, I was like, I'm a Christian. I've said yes to Jesus, right? Like, hasn't he dealt with my sin? I don't understand why this stuff keeps on coming up. And, um, and so what I did during this lovely COVID weird time is a devotional called Breaking Free. And it's by Beth Moore, and it's 
awesome. And most of my content is from that. But I was reminded, this might be simple to you, but I was reminded that God does not want us to continuously struggle with the same things. He does not want that. And he does want freedom for each and every one of us. And you know, there's the verse in Luke 4 when Jesus, he goes to his hometown in Nazareth and he's a, he goes to church and they get him to read a piece of scripture. And this is what he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then Jesus sits down and he says, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So I don't know about you, but when I've read this in the past, I thought of captives or prisoners as unsaved people. But he's in, he's in temple, like he's in synagogue, he's talking to people who know God. So he's actually saying, Christians can be captives too. And that's what I realized. I was like, I am captive to certain areas, in certain areas of my life, and I've been living in a prison cell. But the great news is, is that Jesus has come to set us free. Isn't that amazing news? I wanna be freed. And, and I think it's kind of obvious, you know, just because we've said yes to Jesus and to following him, doesn't mean all of a sudden our problems are gone. If you've met a Christian, you know that's true, right? Like. Christians suck, and <laughs> it's like we have issues. Um, and, and I love that God in the Bible isn't compared to a magician, but God is compared to a creator. He's compared to a potter. You know, he takes his time in detail and into creating things. He's not just like, all right, we're done. And so how much more with us does God want to take his time and put detail and care into making us fully free? And so what ends up making us captives or prisoners is anything that we hold on to that ends up holding us. So whether it's something good or whether it's something bad, things that we hold on to for protection and comfort and they end up holding us, that is what makes us captives. So it's ultimately because we're giving something a higher position than God in our lives right? And, and that's when it becomes a stronghold and we become prisoner to it because we no longer control it. It controls us. And it is, I'm just, I'm going to say it again. Jesus has come to set the captives free. So even though we have held on to something, it is not too late. And, and I think a great reminder is that freedom is a process, okay? It is a process and you cannot do it alone. I think we need that reminder. It's like if you're a a Debbie Doer or a Mr. Fix-It, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this on my own. You can't. You, need, you absolutely need the divine power of God to actually break through strongholds or break through those, like, that captivity that you've created around yourself. You need his divine power. So I'm going to give five, like, ways to break free that Beth Moore taught me and I love, and I'm going to give them to you. Um, so the first one is recognize the junk in your lake. You got to be humble, okay? So ultimately, the proud are never set free. If we don't think we got junk in our lake, then you can't see it, then you can't deal with it. Ultimately, we have to be humble. And so you got to just realize the junk in your lake. If there is a corpse in your lake, y'all got to deal with it, okay? 
And then the second one is stand in agreement with God. So we, this actually is about confession. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We have to confess. And even if you're like, oh, a sin, you know, a sin is ultimately anything that cheats you of what God has for you. So confess it. Just be like, hey, God, I recognize this is an issue. Just confess. The third one is tear down the lies. So it's realizing it, first one. Second one is confessing it. And then the third is like, this is where the demolition starts, okay? You have to actually tear down thoughts, right? Like tear down the thoughts of like, I am worthless. I don't deserve a healthy relationship. I'm not as good as other people. Whatever that lie is, y'all got to tear it down. Fourth one is put up the truth. And this is so important. You have to tear down lies. But in the end, if you have an empty room, things are going to fill it again. So you got to put up God's truth. You got to put up scripture. You got to put up what God says about you in those areas. And you got to memorize it. Fifth one is bow your thoughts to the truth. So now you're fully on guard always. And you are saying, taking thoughts and you're saying, is this what I want to live with? Yes or no? Get rid of it. I think that's all. Joy, come here. Mama felt like she was running. Whew. I'm sweaty. Okay. okay. You don't know how much of a miracle this is, guys. Mel finished early. God is good. God is good. She did good. That was awesome. Oh, so good. Thanks, Mel. That was really awesome. I love hearing that. And uh, hello. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Joy. Um, so last week was my birthday, and for my birthday, we, yeah, no, we don't need to cheer. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you. I don't love birthdays, but anyway, so we went to visit my family, and my family lives in Red Deer, and I love, we, it's a trip we take many times a year, many, many times a year go down to Red Deer, and we know the way, we know how long it takes, you know, as long as there's no construction or accidents along the way, um, we know how much gas it takes to get there and back, because we prefer to fill up in Leduc, hello, thank the Lord for cheaper gas, and we live in a great place, so we, but this time, we got 10 minutes out of Leduc, like we weren't even at the millet turnoff, and our low gas light came on, and it was like, how did we miss this? You know, we were just so busy getting ready to go that we missed a very key thing when you're taking a road trip. You all know, and I'm sure you can all relate. So we, had, we realized we would not make it to Red Deer without a detour. And so we had to take the detour. And so ironically, just even in this, I had a similar moment uh, earlier in July, a moment where a low gaslight kind of came on in my soul. And I know we can all relate to running out of gas in a vehicle, but I'm sure we can also all relate to that moment where we recognize our tank is empty and there's not much, go, um, not much fueling us. And so we need to take a detour. And so this last month has really been a detour month for me, taking some time to refuel and refocus in my life. And maybe you can relate. I'm sure we can all relate. And I know even in the season, season as Mel shared, a lot of us are recognizing there is a unique struggle in this season. Maybe you're experiencing the end of a dream or you're 
scared about this next phase, whether it's with school and the news about that, or maybe it's a loss of things that contributed to your sense of purpose and you felt valued, and now there's the void there. You know, there's many areas in our life that can contribute to pain and frustration, areas of lack, gaps in our life, disappointment in people, and loneliness. You know, we can all experience things that empty our tank, that can make us feel like there's just um, that weariness and heaviness and not enough fuel to get us moving again. And so I think maybe more than ever, people are struggling, or maybe like Mel said, we're just noticing some things floating to the top, things that we didn't necessarily recognize how we were really just um, like under the cover of busyness or under the cover of uh, people and interactions that now there's some things that we need to address. So I wanna ask you, when was the last time you looked at your gauge? You know, an empty tank can look like many things. It can look like fatigue or indifference or futility, just feeling frustrated like nothing makes a change or panic or even just feeling paralyzed is like, I don't know where to go next. And so I think we've all gotten those moments and I believe God doesn't want us to just have enough to get by because we serve a God of more than enough. And so I wanna just speak hope into you today that hope can fill up our tank, hope that can just um, help us connect to the source that doesn't run dry. You know, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they are here to fill us up and to give us, to connect us with a source that will just um, give us the energy we need and so I want to share a portion of scripture that really encouraged me at just the right time. And ironically, it comes from the book of Lamentations, which is not my favorite book of the Bible at all. It's like depressing poetry is really what it is. And it's, it's um, written by the prophet Jeremiah at a time when Israel was not well. They were in exile. They were homeless. They were out of where they felt secure. And they were in a really... Um, a really empty and really hard time. And so Jeremiah is using this whole book of the Bible to just really lament to God about the depressing things in their life. Which, you know, I'm not a poetry lover in the first place, but depressing poetry is not fun. <laughs> but in this book, there is a voice of hope. There is a voice of hope that really spoke to me, and I hope it encourages you as I read. So it's from Lamentations 3, and so he starts off lamenting, and he says, The thought of my pain, my homelessness, is a bitter poison. I think of it constantly, and my spirit is depressed. It's a great verse. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll read more in a minute. But, you know, there's, a, there's some value in that raw honesty before God. Having that raw honesty, when, but at the same time, when all we focus on is our pain— that just leads to a place of depletion and depression and emptiness that if all, it just thinks, it depletes us so fast to just keep focusing on the negative things in our world. So, so we can address them, we can be honest about them, we can be raw and real before God. But Jeremiah changes his focus. He says, so I think of it constantly and my spirit is depressed, yet hope returns. Yet hope returns when I remember this one thing. You know, hope can return to your heart when we remember this thing. He, this is the thing that encouraged him. This is the thing that brought hope to his heart. 
It says, the Lord's unfailing love and mercy still continues. You know, when people's love runs out, when my love for people runs out, his love is never failing. As we sang about just a moment ago, his never-ending, reckless love of God pursues you and chooses you when you feel unloved or lonely or even disappointed by the people in your world who have loved you imperfectly, who've given up on you or frustrated you. His love never runs out. His love never runs out. And his mercy continues. You know, when your failure feels like the 20th time in a row and you just feel like, can I do anything right? Can I, can I make any right choices right now? Can I do anything the right way? You know, his mercy never runs out. That means we can make the same mistake day after day after day and he still forgives. And, and it goes on to say, fresh as the morning, as sure as the sun rises. You know, his mercy for you is actually like start from scratch every day. How beautiful is his mercy for us. And so the Lord, he goes on to say, the Lord is all I have and in him I put my hope. You know, there's many things we don't have a choice about right now. There's many things that are chosen for us and we don't get a say, but we can choose to remember. And I want to encourage us to remember, hold on to your history of hope. Hold on to those moments where we have seen God come through, when we have seen him answer prayer, where, he, where we have seen his faithful love. Remember those moments when you've experienced his mercy and his forgiveness and his second chances. Remember those moments and choose hope. We do have that choice. We can choose what we focus on. Don't just focus on the negative. But hope isn't ignoring the facts. It's not ignoring the negative things in our lives. It's not glossing over uh, the negative. Yes, I am done. But encourage you, there is purpose on the other side of this struggle. There is strength on the other side of this stretch. And there is a deeper knowing of God in the wrestling. And if we'll allow it, this can bring an unshakable hope. Jesus is our living hope. And Jerry's going to wrap it up. That is outstanding. Man, what a privilege to be gathered together. I'm, I, uh, I don't take lightly the fact that we can physically be here in the room and also the fact that God has provided technology. So we're so glad that you're tuning in today. And uh, we believe that God has so much for us today. And uh, I just want to encourage us... Uh, um, I'm just going to take a few moments, and I'm going to try to do something a little different than I normally do. Usually, I'm a pretty energetic person, and energy is good, but I'm going to try to slow myself down a little bit. Um, all of us went through COVID. The whole entire world did. There wasn't one single person that was immune from it, really. It shut our whole world. I remember watching the Edmonton Oilers. It was a Wednesday night, I think. They were playing the Jets. We won't talk about yesterday, but... They were playing the Jets, and the basketball report came in. And I was like, well, there goes sports. It's done. I knew it was. And then, of course, we all know how things unraveled. Can you hear that? I don't know about you. But I don't know why God has built me this way, but I have hearing. I don't know if it's the best hearing, but I can hear 
so many things, and I am processing them all the time. The lights right now, there's a fan. Can you hear the fan? When the AC is on, there's a high whine, but not a fan. And when I come over here, I don't know if you, you're going to have to follow me, Ian. Uh, when I come over here, there's a duct up there. And you guys, can. some people here will be able to hear it. It cuts off right about there. It drives me wild. It drives me insane. Like that sound. I can hear that small little rustling. I can hear that high pitch thing. I can hear that drop. I hear those things over and over and over. I also play music by ear, so I'm assuming that God tuned my hearing a certain way so I could just hear things. And so when some people say, tell me the theory behind this music, do you know what I say? I don't know, but just play this. And that's neither good nor bad. It's just my reality. But let me tell you, just like the other two lovely ladies who were sharing, um, during this time, there's been things that God have been, has been saying that I have not been hearing because there is so much noise. I've been learning about myself, which is painful. <laughs> I've been learning that my personality has an inner critic that's playing all the time in my head, all the time. And when you're healthy, you can control that inner critic and just say, you know, don't pay I don't really pay attention. But when you're just doing moderate or terrible, that inner critic is screaming at you. And so an example is I walk into a room and I can just instantly, I'm like, that thing is out of place. That should be like this. This is too warm. That thing's too loud. That's the dead, the dead, the dead, the dead. And I'm looking for perfection in my environment all the time. I'm an idealist, and I'm always looking for perfection. And, you know, I think that's a God-given desire. It's our longing for heaven. But there's a whole other message that God wants to be speaking to me. He wants, to be, he wants me to hear that fan over there and the whine of this and the drop of that. He wants me to hear that in my spiritual life. And that's the way he speaks, not always, but often. And so... When it comes to slowing, when it comes to rest, I have a verse here in Hebrews 4, 9 to 11. This is the Passion Translation. It says, so we conclude that there is still a full and complete, I like those two words, full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. I like the sounds of that. Do you like the sounds of that? There's a full and complete rest for every single person here. Every single person, there's a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith, rest, life, there's a whole life. It's not just a moment. There's a life. That's exciting. As we enter into God's faith, rest, life, we cease from our own works just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. That's so cool that God actually laid the way for us. God worked so hard, and then he just rested. So then we must give our all. We must give our all and be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. There takes time. There takes energy. There takes effort. It says here, so then we must give our all. If you're a person that, that does any type of physical activity where you're working out and you're trying to accomplish something, you know that you don't just casually show up to your workout. 
You got to give your all. And there's moments where you're like, I don't think I have much left, but I'm going to see. And you give your all. And sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail, but you went to your max. And we must give our all to enter this rest, which seems kind of backwards. But it takes energy. It takes, it takes um, uh, intentionality to be able to rest well. And what am I talking about ultimately? I'm talking about creating space. I'm talking about creating margin in your life so that you actually can hear God in the moments. I'm that person that can live on spontaneity all day long. That's the Red Bull of my life. It honestly is. You can just crack some spontaneity and off we go. But it does, it's not sustaining. And I'm missing all those things that God is wanting to say. And we have been designed for rest um, we know, uh, many of us would know that the Bible says, come to me, Jesus is, gives us an invitation. Come to me, all who are what? Weary, right? And I will give you rest. We can actually live from a position of rest. And Jesus, when you look at Jesus' life, man, he was in the crowds, right? He's in the crowds of people swarming him. It's Jesus. It's the one who saved this person, or resurrected that person from the dead. It's Jesus. And yet Jesus is going through the crowds. They're swarming him. And I don't know if you know the story, but there's the woman who reached out, and what happened? Touched his robe. Jesus was living from a place of rest in all the chaos. I'm not talking about just living on some mountain, kumbayaing your life away. I'm talking about going to that restful place so that you know when all of a sudden somebody is touching your cloak. Jesus, who touched me? Well, Jesus, there's people all around you. No, there's power that left my body right now because someone was reaching out. Are we available? I know I haven't been. Not really. Are we available so that in the crowd we can live from a place of rest. And I mean, we can talk, like, I mean, this is, this is a lifetime message. When it comes to slowing, we've talked about silence and solitude and Sabbath, the ruthless elimination of hurry. We've gone through these messages. Go back and listen to them if you don't have that book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a great starting point to learn. So I've got 23 seconds left, and I'm going to end up wrapping us up. So um, I just want to encourage us, though, are you creating margin in your life? It might just say, okay, if I need to be there at 9.30, I'm going to plan to be there at 9. Because, you know what? There are all sorts of people out there that are calling out, that are reaching out. And if we are too busy here, and we're too busy here, and even in our physical schedule, what is going to happen? We will not have time for them. And God wants to intersect people's lives. And we believe we believe 100% that we can be part of who Jesus, we can be Jesus' hands and feet on this planet. So hopefully that encourages you guys. It's, um, Elizabeth's going to play some sweet, soothing tones. What song are you going to play? Do you have a song specifically you are going to play? You're going to play The Passion? Ah. My chains are gone. That's a good song. And I just want to take a moment of slowness even right now. You can start playing Elizabeth and even for, you guys can even just 
bring the lights down a little bit, and we can, and and like I said, this isn't just about like some Zen moment. God created meditation. It says meditate on his word day and night. What is meditation? When you're thinking, you're fixing your mind on who God is, on his promises. And this might be a moment right now, like let's just take a moment of slowness. We can just listen a little bit to Elizabeth play, and we can just, even if it just means physically just breathing in, closing your eyes even right now, and welcoming you, God, in this room. speaking can you hear him whisper Lord we thank you for your incredible love God that you would wrap us up like in a blanket God with your love God you would saturate us just like a never ending sea God with your love God with your acceptance with your grace God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that you want to work in and through our lives. So Holy Spirit, even in these moments, we welcome you in. We welcome you to fill. God, we welcome you to speak. God, where there is fullness in our lives, God, where we have not created margin, where we haven't taken the time to listen, God, where the widow calls out help, where the teen who's calling out help, the senior or the single parent calling out help, the businessman who seems to have it all together calling out help. God, we've missed those moments, potentially, God, because we haven't been living from rest, God, and so we just come before you and say, we are sorry, Lord. God, we come before you and we say that we welcome you, God, to realign our lives with you, to redirect our lives. God, we thank you that you are so gracious, God. God, we thank you that it is not over either and that we have a bright future ahead. So my invitation, church, is that we would take moments to slow ourselves down. I had a really hectic week this week. There was a lot of responsibility on my plate. And while I was driving, I just arrested my own soul and said, not on my watch. And I just took time to just breathe, welcome God's presence, listen to him, and we can do it. This is a lifetime journey. 
And so, like I said, this isn't about just being like chill all the time. (laughs) If you know me, usually I'm a little bit more energetic when I'm up here. But my encouragement is that we would slow. So I want to give us an opportunity as well. You know, we have been living lives that are so full on, like I mentioned before, with so much busyness. And there's so many people in this world that are living life apart from Christ. Honestly, I don't know how it's possible now that I've been living life with Christ. But what I mean by that is there have, like, I've been living life following Jesus, the ways of Jesus. And I believe that there's a way of life. There's so many people in this room, so many people listening online as well, who have committed to following Jesus. What is following Jesus? It just says, I'm no longer going to follow my own ways. I'm actually going to follow the ways and the teachings of Jesus, believing that he was crucified for my sin, for our sin, and that he was resurrected from the dead, and that we now are resurrected with him, and we now who were dead are now alive in Christ, and that is the good news. And we celebrate that, and that's something that we've been celebrating for over 2,000 years, the resurrection of Christ, that my chains are gone. Yeah, sometimes there's some dead bodies that we got to deal with, but you know what? That's part of working our salvation out, the Bible talks about. And so I want to invite any person in this room, you know what? I want to invite us even all to stand right now. We stand before God with reverence and awe, And if you're listening online, I just want to invite you as well. Um, You can even stand where you're listening if it's possible. And and let's just close our eyes right now. We're gonna—I'm gonna give an opportunity and for for every single soul listening to my voice right now to actually say yes to the ways of Jesus and no to the ways of yourself, which we know that when we lead ourselves, we can't lead ourselves out of this brokenness and this hurt that we experience. And so I'm going to lead us just in a moment in a prayer. And so if that's you who wants to pray this prayer today, I want to invite you. You can say it out loud. You can say it um, in your heart as well. And we're going to just, this is a moment where you're saying, I want to follow you. So let's pray this together, church. Jesus, I say yes to you. I say yes to the forgiveness of sin and the life found in Jesus. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I give all that I am to you and to following you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.